listening to the Gambling with Gold podcast with Jason Gold. Presented by Champions Round. Welcome back to Gambling with Gold. My name is Jason Gold. As always, joined by my buddy from the Action Network, Dan Titus. Dan, it is Wednesday. No, it's Thursday, and it is the slowest news day ever. Um, yeah, fucking Easily. right. Okay, so <laughs> it is just about noon on the West Coast. I recorded a show at 9 a.m. I recorded the Daily Dozen, and all was fine with the world. Normal slow news day. Dan and I were going to have a podcast talking about nice little NBA free agency stuff, and our lead was Jalen Brunson's going to the Knicks. <laughs> Nothing God, else was not happening. Really and then, and then we were going to talk about some NFL season-long props. I have a whole list of my handy notebook of all the season-long props that I'm looking at. Then UCLA and USC decided to upend the morning, ruin the Pac-12, absolutely kill it. They're going to the Big Ten. Oregon and Washington are probably going to join them in the next two days or so. Pac-12 completely done forever, so there goes my entire childhood. And now, <laughs> like literally three minutes ago, 11.57, what? Uh, Washbaum slash Shams came in. KD has requested a trade from the Nets. Now we have our lead headline for NBA free agency. And I'm just, I want to get your initial reaction to it completely out of left field. We thought that we were running back Irving and KD on the Nets next year, but I don't know. My first thought was how do the Lakers get involved? Can you trade AD Russ 27 and 29 first? For KD, but it seems like this is going to be like the most historic trade package ever. Uh, what's your initial thought on who's going to go there as you scroll Twitter furiously for information? This this is insane, and yeah, that's why that's where exactly where my eyes are going right now. I'm like, man, um, KD landing spots. It seems Boston, Clippers, Miami, Phoenix. Those are the numbers. Those are the teams I'm seeing being floated around right now. But just the instant reaction, it must suck to be a Brooklyn Nets fan right now. You. At first, you're like, all right, man, maybe I'm resigned to the fact that I'm going to lose Kyrie, but KD's still there. And guess what? We still got Ben Simmons waiting in the in, in tow. But now it's like, damn, now I got Kyrie. KD demands a trade the day after Kyrie opts in. <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't write this stuff. Like, it's great. Um, you got to imagine this is going to send shockwaves through uh, free agency because now it's like, hey, before I was posturing – for maybe a shot at Jalen Brunson. <laughs> now it's like, wait, I can get the one of the best players on the planet. So, you know, I, I think this is going to certainly switch things up here. I, I don't see there being, I mean, his contract is pretty, pretty big. Um, what are we looking at here? He's owed 40 million, uh, wait, 44 million next this year, upcoming year, 46 after that, 49 after that, and 53 in 25, 26. So you're going to have to shuffle your books to make this work anyway, but Hey, man, there's going to be some contenders that are going to be able to sacrifice. There's going to be some sacrificial lambs out there. And why not? Because you're getting KD. So I get it. But yeah, Brooklyn, whoo, this is going to be this is going to be ugly. Fresh off getting swept in the first round. <laughs> I love it. My God. I mean, the Ben Simmons part of this is hilarious. He's just oh, going to be God. stuck there on an island by himself. Dude, he literally just uh, sent something out on IG talking about, oh, I, I feeling incredible but like of course it's not him shooting a jumper it's him in the locker room making his little like i don't know man fuck ben simmons but like it's just hilarious <laughs> this is just perfect irony i just love it this is great this is why the nba i, I know nfl is coming up and shefty's trying to remain relevant 
But if he starts retweeting NBA stuff, you know the NBA is controlling the conversation right now. This is this has been great stuff. So Chris Haynes is reporting that Kevin Durant has the Phoenix Suns listed as his preferred trade destination. And we were talking about one of the things that I had written down was there was a lot of smoke with DeAndre Ayton going to yep. the Nets and his yep. odds nice- to go to the Nets and he ended up going to plus 400. So maybe this has been in the works for a while. We yeah. thought initially, oh, maybe it's going to be a Kyrie trade where he ends up in the Suns. Uh, maybe it's KD ending up on the Suns. And I don't even know what sort of package that they would have to pull in order to get that. Like, Aiden, you're talking Aiden, probably Jay Crowder, probably. I mean, I don't, campaign's not even worth it. Uh, I, I'm trying to look for the assets, but like outside of it, like, you're not trading Booker, you're not trading Chris Paul, but, so pretty, but probably it, everyone is else. Macau Bridges is, is it, it? Is it Booker? That, ooh. I, I feel like they're. I feel like they'd be more likely to trade Macau Bridges because they're going to have to resign him anyway. He's still in that rookie deal, so I yeah. th- and he's and he's definitely a, an ascending player that I think would be. Yeah, I, I feel like it would be everybody but Chris Paul and Devin Booker at this point. I think I think you're right, but that's going to include what's five first round picks, six first. Uh, it's going to be oh yeah, an oh yeah, it's going to be unprecedented amount of picks. It's going to make the AD trade from the Pelicans to Lakers look kind of small. I would assume. But they're still going to be getting foundational pieces in Aiton, potentially in Bridges, I would think. I'm curious. I, yeah, The Br- Bridges, Simmons, and Aiton, is a, it's a nothing. It's a nothing. <laughs> Offensively, that's a yeah. – yeah, You're right. They're up eight points a game, but they're going to score 74. <laughs> Wait, what's the what's Woj saying? Oh, God. Oh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie have had no contact with the franchise after Irving opted in on his deal on Monday. And a sense of inevitability existed that Durant would eventually ask for a trade. Sources tell ESPN it happened today. Why is Woj late? Um, I, he's I don't know. Late, he's been late quite a bit here. I'm, I'm, I, I turn on notifications for Jeff Fisher, Fishner, Fisher. And, yeah. and Shams, like they're they're the guys that are really breaking the news these days. So I don't know. Woj is playing catch up in ESPN but or whatever. But the the weird part is Shams is breaking it, but Woj always has like the granular the details. details. Yeah, like yeah. like right now he <laughs> tweeted out Phoenix and Miami are the among the two teams that Kevin Durant has on his wish list. So the Miami part, Miami had been Miami's rumored. got some pieces. So Miami was definitely in the rumors here when Ky- when Kyrie was like, maybe I'm going to go to the Lakers, whatever, and then KD was probably going to ask for a trade after that anyways. Yeah. And Miami was the one that kept popping up. It was like, oh, they're playing for the big fish here. And no one loves making a big swing more than Pat Riley, Riley does. Putting <laughs> yeah. his nuts on the table and his rings also. <laughs> this is – him to Miami is such a perfect trade. It's a perfect Ooh. place for him. But what's the yeah. deal with – what's the deal for Miami? Is it – so it's, it's got to be Lowry for salary, probably Oladipo. Probably Tyler Hero. Well, Depot's Dunk- a free agent, so he's oh, he probably okay. so he's out. Count. So, so Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, and picks. Is that a better offer than anywhere else out there on the market? Is that better than? I'm just you know, let me play my light angle for a second. Is that yeah. better than getting four years of AD? Interesting. Uh I don't even know if he wants to be on the Lakers. Like that is probably. A I don't know group. that. I'm yeah. Just, I- I'm just they asking the question. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that they could figure it out with the Lakers because of the because of Russell Westbrook. Like he's just the hold up there. Like you, until you move him, you can't really do anything else. You're cap strapped. Ad but, and Ru- Ad and Russ for Kyrie and KD. Who says no? 
Ooh. <laughs> I mean, that's spicy. But, no, but that's uh, definitely say no, but that's okay. No, they definitely say no. They have to say no. But at this point, like, I mean, if KD's demanding a trade, they don't, the Nets are losing leverage day by day right now, right? Like, um, they're going to have to make the move. So I don't know if you package Kyrie with it. That'd be really interesting if they did, though. Because if, yeah, Miami's intriguing. I think that they have more of the foundational pieces that you could build a franchise around. But I don't know if they're going to have to let go of someone that they might care about. But I think that they would have to keep their, they'd have to keep Butler and Bam. That's it. That, I think everybody else is probably expendable. But that big three is sick. I mean, yeah. I know no one's passing them the ball. I don't know who plays point guard there. But <laughs> yeah, but Butler. KD, I mean, Jimmy can play a little point guard. He he definitely played played point guard a lot. I mean, when when he was on the Sixers, I would rather him play point guard than Ben Simmons, and that was why he wound up getting getting uh getting uh shipped out because um, it didn't work out that way. But. Yeah, I mean, I think Phoenix and Miami are the preferred destinations. You damn well, Pat Riley's certainly going to do whatever he can to, to to get this deal done. Because Phoenix, I mean, outside of getting Chris Paul, what has Phoenix really done in terms of uh, acquiring talent? I mean, they got Shaq when he was when he was washed. You know, they they got they got Barkley back in the day. Yeah, but like they don't make big splat. Like no one really wants to play under that ownership. No, right? who the so, hell wants to play for Robert Sarver? Like right, that's such a, right. It's such a Fast. weird. It was such a weird KD move. He's like, yeah, I get that you want to play with Booker and Chris Paul, and like that's a really good team and a great coach. Obviously, Monty Williams is awesome, but yeah. Robert Sarver's under like fourteen thousand investigations. That's really where, where you want to go. Like, wouldn't you much <laughs> My, rather Miami go makes, to South yeah, Miami Beach? Make a lot of yeah. sense. We're gonna go play for Spo and Pat Riley and Mickey Arison. Like, no issues whatsoever. They treat superstars yeah. like superstars. I. That makes way more sense to me. The Phoenix part would be very interesting. My question, I guess, now is does free agency get completely held up until this trade's done with? I feel like there's going to be everybody's just holding on to their money. And it's like the the Dave Chappelle gif until like uh, KD's ready to go and he's on to his next destination. Yeah, at this point, I don't know that it holds things up because I think much of the moves that are the cap the cap clearing moves were to sign the mid-level exception type guys, the PJ Tuckers, who's already agreed in principle to a deal with the Sixers, 33 years, 30 million, you know, John wall who got bought out by the Rockets. He's going to sign the taxpayer mid-level at like six and a half, six, six and a half million dollars. Um, you know, I think it's going to be those low, those lower hanging fruit that are probably going to continue to sign. But like this guy, this is going to shake it up for the Bradley Beal market, the Zach Levine market, the, you know, who else is left out of there? Uh, Donovan Mitchell, who's a disgruntled yeah. player that certainly is going to probably find a new destination. Rudy Gobert is still probably out there. Um, I think the big players, this is where <laughs> it's so funny because like I, I, I knew we were going to get on this pod to talk about Jalen Brunson, four years, $110 million yeah. to the Knicks. But like, I think it actually makes it more compelling for the Knicks to actually, they're not going to get Kevin Durant, no chance. But I think that they could make, there could be some other moves that were made now that are the hand has now been dealt with the, the Kevin Durant news. People are going to be mortgaging their futures on a whole bunch of other things that I don't know. The Knicks might actually end up actually finding their way and finding a player that, that they may not have expected to grab because everyone's going to be, you know, mortgaging their future to get someone like KD and, and Beal in their lineups. All right. Here's a question that just popped into my mind. What is a worse superstar team that built and fell quicker? The Lakers with Kobe, Dwight, Steve Nash and Pau Gasol or this Brooklyn Nets team with Kyrie, 
uh, James Harden and KD. What what's more of a disaster long term? I mean, I'm thinking across sports here because I, I go back to Ooh. the Dream Team Eagles with Mike Vick and Shady and Deshaun and everybody, and they got bounced in the first second round of the playoffs, I believe. Yeah, they had a bye, got beat by the Packers, and Aaron Rodgers went on to win the Super Bowl, his only Super Bowl. Um, you can go back to the Lakers era with Nash, as you said, that was a disaster. But how far did they go into the playoffs? Well, Kobe tore his Achilles and they got swept in the first round by the Spurs. Okay, so that's that's a good cop then. Uh, the other one I was going to say was like the Lakers dynasty before that, not even the dynasty, when they signed Gary Payton, Carmelo. Carmelo, the 0-4 right. lost it, but they made it to the NBA right. Finals. But they made it to the Finals, right. They made it to the Finals. But, but then but then Shaq got traded and it ruined the franchise for four years. <laughs> but it was only four years. They won a championship in 2009. So in exactly. long term, that wasn't that bad. So I think you're right. So I think it, it, it probably is closest to – the Lakers with Steve Nash and and that that whole that whole fiasco yeah, because, because it was the first were, on exit. Yeah, those teams were terrible and basically ruined the Lakers franchise until 2000. I guess until LeBron came 2019. Uh, yeah. But but it's I, funny because the Lakers may not have yeah. been that bad if they didn't mortgage. I mean, they drafted pretty well. If you look at it, you know, yeah. three four years later, Ingram. Ingram. They drafted uh, well enough to yeah. trade for AD and win a and win a title. Right. So like exactly. it, it is a right. working out. But, but I don't know Nets... that it's going to work. But it's not going to. I don't know. Is this going to work exactly. out? That's at this point. Exactly. You're, you're, you're mortgage. You got Ben Simmons waiting. Uh, Andre Drummond, I think, is probably on an expire. Like he'll probably get expiring deal or whatever. They got to get some. They got to get make a splash here. So yeah, they they have to trade KD and and try to get whatever they can here. But I don't know. I'm curious to see what what it, what it's going to be, man. Because they could get a pile of picks because they don't have any picks. So that that yeah. would make that would make a good decision in terms of rebuilding. But it would just I would love to see Ben Simmons in a rebuild, man. That just be sweet, sweet, sweet justice. And, and this turns this into justice. it turns it into the the Warriors trade for D'Angelo Russell and then into Andrew Wiggins. It makes it even better. It was already a great trade. They got a title out of it, obviously. Yeah. And they ended up get, getting Kaminga out of it. But now KD leaves the Nets. You trade it for nothing. You still got a chance. Like that turns into one of the all-time great trades. So congrats to um, Bob Myers even more unbelievable yeah that that really came full circle for that that that's that's even more hilarious that kd ended up being the, the piece that got the warriors another championship that that's really funny um but yeah uh going back to that you know i i think so ideally where do you think kd is the best fit miami or phoenix i love him in miami i think it makes so much sense for him to be in miami i love the idea of him jimmy and bam i think that they work really well together Jimmy and KD are going to have to kind of like that might be a little bit of an issue because Jimmy's just such a motherfucker and KD. I don't know if he's ever had a guy in his corner that's going to push him the way that that Jimmy is emotionally. Yeah. I mean, I guess Draymond. I should say Draymond and, and Jimmy from a. But from J- a, Draymond didn't have to push him really until like it was that the relationship was already no, getting too tense. Right. I know. But, like, but Jimmy from day one is going to be demanding that. But yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, so that'll be an interesting dynamic. They probably need some sort of facilitator piece, but I mean, they'll figure guys are going to flock to play for that team. He's in South Beach. The East is, you know, Boston is going to be good. Milwaukee's going to be good, but it's not like anyone else is sneaking up on you. I guess the, the 76ers, maybe we could talk about them. I mean, Harden's going to take a, a sweetheart deal with the franchise at right. around 35 million. So he'll clear up about $10 million in cap. Seems likely, I mean, you're the, the Sixers guy, but it seems likely that they'll spend that money on maybe like a P.J. Tucker type. 
Um, yep. But is, is that team beating what Miami has or what Boston has or what Milwaukee has if everybody's healthy? Uh, Milwaukee is going to be tough. I, I think Milwaukee, you know, re-signing uh, Bobby Portis was the right thing to do. They got him on a team-friendly deal at $10 million a year. I think that that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, their team hasn't really had much turnover over the last two years. So, you know, if Chris Middleton doesn't get hurt, what – I mean, are we are we talking about the Boston Celtics in the finals? I don't think so. So yeah. I think that there's certainly a team to still compete with. Um, Boston, we'll see what moves they make. I mean, I, I think that John Collins has been tied to that franchise for quite some time. And with Atlanta making that move for DeJounte Murray, uh, I think that I don't think Atlanta's done yet. And, you know, I think Clint Capella, uh, from what I was hearing from sources uh, close to the Action Network, was that everybody on Atlanta is available that wasn't Trey Young. So... Um, they could certainly make a splash. Imagine if they acquire, you know, Rudy Gobert or uh, and then they flip John Collins for somebody else. Like, I don't th- that team could look completely different. So that's a team that could surprise depending on how their roster looks like, you know, when they're done free agency or whatever. But, you know, I think if, if Boston can get another piece um, like a John Collins, I think that makes them a lot better. Um, but Miami would would definitely be the the top team. Like, I don't, I don't think there's any question about that when you pair. Uh, someone that's a defensive player of the year candidate like Bam Adebayo with the way that Jimmy Butler looked in the playoffs, he just needed more offense. And guess what? Now you get Kevin Durant on side of you like that. That's exactly what a team needs. So um, yeah, I like the upside there. And I think they could also get a ton of players on the cheap, you know, in the mid-level exceptions, taxpayer, that type of stuff. You know, they they could definitely build out their roster, fill out their roster. But I, I got to say, man, like, Part of me is also kind of staying clear of this because, like, I don't think the the big three thing works that well anymore. Do you? Yeah. Uh, I think the big two probably works better in this era and surrounding everybody with the right role players. The um, three and D wings, right? The size, yeah. the wings, the people that can guard multiple positions. It's weird because the Warriors kind of throw everything off. Like, yeah, they only have one, what I would consider a super duper star in Curry. But those guys, it's like, how much does continuity matter? Is that going to be the way of the future of the NBA? Because we've gotten yeah. away from it so much. If you have any sort of continuity, you have such an advantage. And this Warriors team, yeah, they're special and they're well coached and Curry's a once in a generational player. But the fact that those three guys and Andre too have been together for so long, it's such an advantage. I don't know if teams are going to try and still build that. So yeah, a big three may work, but a big three that stays together for five or six years. And you're looking at Jimmy, KD, and Bam. Bam's younger, but KD's you know, going into season, I don't know, 14, 15, 16, something like that. He's been in the league forever. Jimmy's, he ain't getting any younger. And he's put a lot of mileage on there. And that dude has worked his ass off. Usually those guys that are, you know, not five-star guys that outwork themselves, they tend to fall off a cliff a little bit faster. So, you know, they don't have five or six years. So I yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're both like 33 and 34. Or th- I think Jimmy Butler's 32, uh, Durant's 34. You know what I mean? Like, this is like the window. Like, it's like three years. That, that this is going to have to work. And Chris Paul, if you go to Phoenix, you got a little bit of a younger you got, nucleus, but like but he's you, old. I mean, he's 30, about to be 38, right? You got like, two, you got two years max. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of interested in what happens with Kyrie too. So let's, Katie's going to be out. They'll do a trade there. Obviously right. Kyrie opted in, but Kyrie opted in for the money. If he knew that tr- Katie was already going to be traded, he probably knows that he's going to be on the way out also. So yeah. now what's the deal? Like, do, do the Nets, I don't know how I'm going to circle back to this, but do the Nets actually want to do a deal with the Lakers now and just get that Westbrook expiring and just clear cap space for next year? 
It's not a bad idea. Oh, man. God, can you imagine a lineup of Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook? Oh, God. That is That's great. That's the best. (laughs) And and DeAndre Ayton? Come on. A bunch of non-shooters. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like, I, I think it's, it's, this is going to be really interesting to see what, what the Nets do, man. Bobby Marks certainly has some work to do here, uh, or Sean Marks, excuse me. Sean Marks has some work to do here. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Do you want to talk about, is there anything else that we need to talk about in free agency? Cause like, this is just a bomb that just dropped right beforehand. So I know it's great time that we're able to talk about it. Um, but there is, there is a couple other moves that were made or in some other people that, but I'm wondering, like, I mean, what's the market for Bradley Beal? Do you think that he stays with the Wizards? He's been a loyal dude like on that Damian Lillard elk of, of type of person like want to stay with his franchise but this is the first time he's been an unrestricted free agent so to decline 36.4 million he I mean, could be on he, the move he's just gonna take he's gonna come back and get the max deal and then he'll think so yeah, yeah and then and figure out afterwards yeah he'll spend one year in Washington bitching about how bad the team is and then he'll <laughs> request a trade just like Katie's doing next year and he'll have four years 200 million dollars left and someone will take the bait and that'll be that. Like there, it makes sense to do it, right? Like go get your super max, you got yeah. your bread, and then go demand a trade. It's the player eat, empowerment. It's a player empowerment era. Eat one year in Washington for an extra fifty mil. Yeah, I think that you can get through it, but he'll be fine. I'm sure that's exactly <laughs> what his agent's telling him to do. Too, it's a smart yeah. move. I mean, my my list of free agency news was like John Wall, the Clippers. How much does that change things? I I don't know. No I one's mean, seen him play. No one's seen him play in three years. I have no idea. I think it's solid, though. I mean, one thing you could say is that he didn't risk his health by staying out. So there's been IG videos of him working out and all that stuff. And, you know, I don't put much much faith in that. But I think if you surround him around the team that the Clippers are, what they're built to be, like with Kawhi Healthy, Paul George, Reggie Jackson, they just signed uh, uh, Zubac again for three years, $33 million, I think. Um, and then they also still have uh, Norman Powell that they got from Portland and Robert Covington. That's a squad. You don't need John Wall to do the dynamic things that he was doing, you know, in Washington. Like he's going to be a shell of himself in that regard, but he's a point guard. He could definitely get people the ball, uh, attack and transition. He just makes them more dynamic to me. Even if he doesn't get, he doesn't need 35 minutes a game. Um, I think this is certainly just, I think it's a good move for the Clippers. Like it's very, very low risk here. And I think for a team that's coming back full strength, they're going to be solid. I'll, I'll buy in Clippers futures, essentially is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I think the Clippers are going to be a prohibitive favorite or close to it. If if KD doesn't yeah. go to the Suns, I would assume that the Clippers and the Warriors are going to be the favorites in the West next season. Yeah, I think um, Clippers, uh, the Warriors have the shortest right now, like plus 500 or something like that. But yeah, you're right. The Clippers are going to end up being second unless KD ends up on the Suns. It'll be interesting to follow. If you follow the odds market, you'll probably get a better idea of where KD's going to go rather than listening to Woj or Shams. Uh, I'd be interested to see if Miami's odds or Phoenix's odds shift really sharply in the next 24 hours or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, uh, the other, I mean, I had Brunson to the Knicks, whatever. I mean, they hired his dad. As, whatever. As, <laughs> it's such a whatever. Like, he's he'd be, he's better on Dallas, playing as the second fiddle to Luka. I know his dad's there. I know his dad has a long, long history. Leon whatever. So, it makes sense. You're going to go to the garden. You're going to be the number one guy there. You get 110 mil. Go have fun. But you become an irrelevant basketball player to me. Yeah, I think uh, the thing is they're going to, they need a point guard more than anything. And that's what Tibbs yeah. has been fighting for. I think he, 
but I don't know. He's not a true point guard to me. He's an off ball, like combo guard. And I think he's, he's fits best in like a six man type role. And I think he was great in the playoffs, but 82 games, he's a winner. Like that much. We do know he's two national championships. What he did with Dallas was, was certainly uh, to be lauded, but 27 and a half million with all the superstars that are out there to be had. I don't know why the Knicks like, that would be my, like, I don't know. That'd be like my, my BC choice. You know, like I'd be making waves to try to pull Donovan Mitchell away from the Utah jazz, you know, Zach Levine away from the Chicago bulls. Like, I don't even know if they have the capital to do it, but you know, shed sh cut Evan Fournier, find a partner for Julius Randall and work it out after that. Like yeah, right now they're focusing, right, their focus is on re-signing Mitchell Robinson and Jalen Brunson. Like, what do you, that's why you got Leon Rose for that? Like, come on. I, I think what they're doing internally is probably just like, all right, let's get a $27.5 million slot in here that we can trade away for a superstar. And Brunson's probably an attractive piece. But yeah. it's still, your your team is going to suck next year. And if you're it's Leon Rose, be, what? They're not getting past, you know, maybe your, your fringe playoff, right? Like, yeah, you're not you're, even guaranteed a playoff. You're a, you're a playing team, maybe. I agree. Playing team. And... You're the Knicks. I, you know what? Actually, I shouldn't say you're the Knicks. That's, <laughs> it's, this is exactly what the Knicks are. It's exactly what the Knicks are. I said that as if they were supposed to be something better, and then I realized right. that they're the Knicks. This is exactly where they're supposed to be. So perfect there. Um, we talked about the DeJounte Murray trade. I'm actually surprised that the Knicks didn't go after him harder. That that trade was interesting, and obviously the unprotected from Atlanta are yeah. potentially bad, but I thought that Murray would have been a really nice fit for what New York wants, and they, they haven't a ton of capital and a ton of uh, picks to trade. So yeah. Were you kind of surprised that that wasn't the angle? I was, I mean, there was a lot of heat going towards the Atlanta Hawks here. And I, I don't know, maybe this was like rich Paul doing his team clutch thing. You know, he wants, he wants clutch, you know, clients to like team up and all that. So, you know, I, I know that DeJounte Murray wanted a bigger market, what bigger market than the big apple, but I don't know. I, I think that him and Trey Young, I, I think they obviously have a relationship outside of basketball. So I think it makes sense. I like the landing spot for him because Atlanta needed another playmaker and especially a playmaker that can play defense. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised that the Knicks, I, I prefer DeJounte Murray. And for what, for what his contract value was, like that definitely would have given them more flexibility. Like I'd mortgage those draft picks for DeJounte Murray's talent more than, than Jalen Brunson, who is DeJounte Murray's younger, better contract. And I, I think a higher ceiling in terms of, you know, his potential as a uh, an all-star in this league. Like, I don't know that Jalen Brunson is ever going to be an all-star in this league. Definitely not. Uh, all right. I think that's it for NBA free agency. Until we know what's happening with KD, we really don't know anything that's going to happen in the league. But if I had to make a bet right now, I'll bet on Miami. I think that that's the deal that gets done. I'm going to bet on – see, I don't – is the West Coast – does Durant does Durant want to go through the Warriors? That that's the thing. I I kind of lean towards Miami too. I don't think he wants that smoke uh, for the potential of Steph over overtaking him yet again. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go Miami. That, that that seems he wants to stay in the East Coast. I, I think it's Miami. I'll put the dark horse out here. I, I I wouldn't discount the Clippers here. I wouldn't be. They have people. They definitely have the the, the 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 squad to do it. This the is the type of this is the type of move that Steve Ballmer gets on the horn and says, "Fuck it, I don't care <laughs> what it costs. I don't care if we're sending first round picks Ugh. out to 2042. Ugh. Trade Paul George. Paul George goes to the Nets. You're trading Paul George. Paul George for KD. 
I thought you were going to build another big three with Kawhi, Paul George, uh-uh. and Durant no. and screw everybody P- else, trade the rest of the roster. No, P- PG, PG for KD and whatever else they need to have happen to get that done. I just, I, I would not be surprised if the Clippers entertain the idea of doing that. Interesting. Interesting. I don't, I don't, I, I mean, I, I think the talent wise, it's a, it's a worthy swap. Um, PG's younger. Yeah, efficiency why I don't know, man. That's that's interesting. I, I'm I'm thinking about that. Damn, that's uh Kawhi and Durant is, is definitely interesting to me. Um and I, then you you can keep your depth around you if you if you trade PG with it. So the, I get the it. Clippers are the Clippers are gonna open up this new arena. Having Kawhi and KD in the building to open up a new arena is, is a lot better than Kawhi and PG. I'm just sorry. KD's is it's different, it just hits different. It does hit so, different. I would not be completely shocked if they try to throw their hat in the uh, in the ring, but I do think that Miami is the prohibitive favorite here, and Phoenix is probably second. Uh, I just thought KD is going to be making fifty three million dollars at age thirty seven. Good for him. Good for yeah. him. I w- I hope that I'm <laughs> making that that's, money that's at thirty seven. Aside the fact that he's getting like you know multi millions on all of his venture deals that he's doing under 30, under thirty five ventures, it's crazy how rich he's going to be when it's all said and done. Good for him. I don't know if Rich Kleiman's a good agent, but goddamn, is he a good businessman for KD? Yeah. So congrats to you. Nice. Good job. Uh, he he got two titles. He's good. He's Doesn't good for anymore. Finals, um, you have finals MVPs. He's good. All right. So we have NFL draft props. I think that we should probably save it for another episode, but I don't know. Do you want to go through a couple of them? Sure. Let's do it. All right. So I have four division uh, props that I have circled. AFC North. Baltimore plus 150. I This might be my favorite bet on the board. Browns, Deshaun's going to be out for the entire year. They're out. Steelers, despite the fact that they don't travel anywhere, I mean, they're going to have nobody. You got, Mitchell, you got Mitchell Trubisky and you got Kyle and Pickett. And Kenny, Kenny Pickett. So Pickett, yeah. that's, that's out. And then you're at the Bengals, who I think are going to not be as good as they were last year. Um, so I, I think the Ravens, huge bounce back spot, plus 150. They're the favorites right now. But I think this should be closer to even. So I'll take the plus 150. Bills in the AFC East, minus 190. You want to explain to me why that's so low? It should be like minus 300. I mean, is do do, they, do people think that the Miami Dolphins are really going to take that leap? Because I don't think it's going to be the New England Patriots. Like, uh, And damn sure it's going to be the Jets. So, I mean, I think that the Jets could marginally improve, like slightly, you know. Like they, they could be a little bit better because they did get their offensive line is improved. It's really hinges on on Zach Wilson, but are you going to be betting on Zach Wilson to make this huge leap in year two? I don't think so. Tua, we're both not Tua guys, so yep. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think we both can get behind them having a legitimate chance of beating the Bills. Minus one ninety seems too short. Or you said minus one eighty or minus one ninety? Minus one ninety is it? Just feels yeah, too that's short. Too, that's that's too short. That's too short. They should be like minus. What well over two, probably like two fifty range, if not three hundred at this point. Yeah, like that's who's even going to come close? Yeah, so I don't know. And if you look at the season win totals, like Miami and New England are at eight and a half, and the Bills are at like eleven and a half. So there's yeah. three games. Yeah. So you're telling me that? So <laughs> it didn't really make sense to me. That's a bet MGM. I'm going to probably end up betting that. I know you're not supposed to lay a juice. Like they're one Josh no. Allen away injury away, but I that just seems too short to me. So I think there's value NFC East. I, the Eagles, your Eagles, plus one eighty-five. Yes, Anything that I can. No, the thing that 
any way that I can fade the Dallas Cowboys this year, I'm going to fade them. I that defense is going to take a giant step back. Yeah, they don't have Amari Cooper. I'm a big fan of Jalen Tolbert. I think there's a chance he could win Rookie of the Year. In fact, I have that down. He's like plus six plus sixteen hundred to win Rookie of the Year. I think Dak has a better year. I think that Zeke probably has a worse year. Their offensive line has a ton of issues, um, and Mike McCarthy stinks. Like that, that first first coach <laughs> fired thing could definitely be him. So yeah. I, I have a lot of issues with them. And the rest of the NFC East, you know, Washington has its own disaster on its hands. The Giants, I think, will be improved, but not that much. So it kind of leaves the Eagles in this great spot where, you know, I, I know there's a lot of juice behind Jalen Hurst to win MVP. I don't think that that's going to happen, but I do think that they're going to be a good team. You saw how they closed last year. So plus 185 for me, that seems like a really nice bet. Yeah, I've been on the Eagles since I saw the the, the win totals at eight and a half, hammered that. It's now moved up to nine and a half. Um, I just didn't get the, I just don't understand why Dallas is still the odds on favorite here because it's the Cowboys. Cause of much of what you said, like it's their, their offensive line is like sketchy. Zeke is getting another year order. And like, even though he averaged 4.2 yards per carry, like if you look at his yards per carry over the last several years, it's gone down. Um, the efficiency is just not there. And you know, Trayvon Diggs, ridiculous year in terms of, you know, interceptions, but that's got to regress back, right? He was not good in coverage. He just made big plays. It kind of reminds me of Asante Samuel, a guy that just like, he can get burned, but he'll also, you know, pick you off every once in a while. So, you know, I I think their defense is going to take a step back. And if you have an Eagles team that's gotten more explosive, that's given Jalen Hurts more weapons to succeed, like, I think that the birds and especially no one's even talking about what the birds did on defense. They got James Bradbury. They drafted Jordan Davis, who's going to be like a poor man's Haloti Nada. I think uh, yeah. they still got Josh sweat there. Um, you bring back Fletcher Cox and you, you signed to Kobe Dean as, as a, as a free, as a, uh, a rookie. You know, I think that this team got just stacked, you know, your, your, your secondary is, is, is definitely loaded up. I think the squad's going to be good. And then you got the commanders. All right, cool. You gave Terry McLaurin a ridiculous bag. I think he deserves it. I don't know that he's, he's a top 10 wide receiver, right? But that's a lot of money. And you got Carson Wentz as your quarterback. So I don't know. You invest in a receiver without a quarterback. I just don't have a lot of faith there long-term. But also the commanders, I just don't, I don't know. That's just, that organization is just messed up from top to bottom. So uh, not much faith of them. And as you said, the Giants, the Giants are going to be better, but like how much better? And it all hinges on their lack of faith in Daniel Jones. They didn't pick up his, his option. So he's on a prove it thing. Their line got better. What's up with Saquon Barkley? Is he going to be better? Is he actually going to be able to run the ball? Because he hasn't. He's great in the pass game, but he can't run. Um, and then there's questions of the wide receiver room. So, you know, Kevon Thibodeau, definitely, definitely a good draft pick. But I don't know that they're going to make the leap to be better than the Cowboys or the Eagles this year. So I'm with you. Eagles win a division. Get it at plus money now. It's only going to get worse. I fully on board with you. And then the last one I had for division props, NFC North fade the Packers. I like the Vikings this year. Plus two twenty plus. What is this? Two thirty five or two seventy five? I forgot what I wrote down. Whatever it is. I like the Vikings this year. I think that that Rams offense is really well suited for what they have offensively. I think the defense got a little bit better. I actually have, I have some more bets on the Vikings that make a lot of sense over eight and a half wins, which I really love. That's minus one forty, but I really like that. I have a combo. You can't really parlay it, but like they kind of work in tandem. Most passing yards, Kirk Cousins plus 2,000. And Offensive Player of the Year, Justin, Justin Jefferson, Jefferson plus hey. 2,000. So all of those combined, if you think that this offense is going to look a lot like the Rams, 
you could easily see Kirk Cousins passing for 5,000 yards. And if he's passing for 5,000, I think Justin Jefferson having, you know, a 1,800-yard season or something like that definitely could win Offensive Player of the Year. So that's kind of a – and then you could also go into the Kevin O'Connell Coach of the Year odds and, you know, Vikings to make the playoffs. I think there's a lot of ways to do that. But I think that I'm, I'm pretty high on the Vikings, especially compared to the rest of the market. Yeah, you got to wonder what's up with the with the Green Bay Packers here because I think – you know, without Devontae Adams, we don't know what that, that offense is really going to look like. I think it's going to be more run heavy. They they have a really good offensive line. A.J. Dillon proved to be very good last season. So I think they're going to give him the rock a little bit more split time with Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones can pretty much be another receiver for them. Um, but Alan Lazard is going into the season as their wide receiver one. Christian Watson, still raw, a lot of talent, but I don't know that he's going to contribute right away. You get Sammy Watkins, who we know who we know who that dude is. Their defense is still very solid. but I think you're right. I think the one thing that was holding back the Vikings that we talked about it all last year was Mike Zimmer and he eventually got fired. I didn't, I called it mid season. He was going to get fired, but it took, a, it took some time, but we finally I think you got said it. For, I think you said it on like 14 straight podcasts. It was like a record. <laughs> Something like that. Um, but yeah, Kevin O'Connell, I don't know that I'm going to take the leap for him to be coach of the year quite yet, but I think it finally unlocks the offense a little bit more. So I'm, I'm with you on, on Kirk cousins upside of passing the ball more, you know, Matt Stafford threw for what, 43 touchdowns last year, yeah. well over 4,000 yards. So, I mean, easily could, could be up there also in passing and passing yards as well as, as, as touchdowns. Um, but Justin Jefferson to me, I think is, is the guy offensive player of the year. I'm all in on that. I think there's good value there. Um, I mean, he could, he could have a, a, one of the, one of those Cooper cup type years that he had just last year with this offense. And then also, you know, if we're talking to fantasy, Dalvin cook should absolutely cook just, torch in this offense man and i'm really excited for him i think he's gonna have a bounce back year uh certainly gonna see him regress back to the mean in terms of his touchdowns he didn't have a lot last year but he had the opportunities and with an explosive offense under kevin o'connell that should mirror the the rams i think this team's gonna be really good so i'm with you so one other question this is we're in the nfc north do you think what is the leap that detroit's gonna make and is that going to kind of affect where you're seeing the green bay packers because i think that i don't know detroit they're like not bad. Like I have more faith in them than I have some of the other bottom of the barrel teams, like you know the like the Jets, for instance. I actually like that over on the Jets. It's funny that you bring it up. It's like over five and a half minus one sixty. I I had bet that earlier uh, in the off season, um, but not. I think they'll get like seven. Uh, yeah. Detroit over under six and a half. I think their upside is probably like eight wins. Um, yeah. Their downside. I mean, Goff is fine. But their downside is pretty much what they were last year. Um, although they had a bunch of, they had so many close games that they just couldn't get over the hump and win. Right. You have to expect that those will go more 50 50 this year. Right. I think that seven wins is probably right for them. And given the fact that they won, what, three last year? Two? Two. Uh, two. two and a tie. Yeah. So you would think that, you know, five more wins is going to probably take at least one off the Packers. I, their line, the Packers, is, their line is good. I think PFF's ranking them in the top 10 right now uh, when they got Kenny Sewell there. Their whole issue is just defense. Like, I know that they have right. Hutchinson, but their cornerbacks are just such a fucking disaster. And especially in that division when you have well, – I guess you don't have Devontae Adams anymore, but Rodgers can still sling it around. You have yeah. Justin Jefferson. We don't know what the Bears are going to be, so that will be one to watch out for. Um, I think that, so that's that's actually I don't think there's definitely a bet that you can make with who's going to finish worst in the division. I think I'd probably back it on the Bears. The Bears to finish last in the division. I like that a lot, actually. 
Um, it'll be a, a heavily dependent on how they use fields, but it seems like they yeah. really haven't put them set them up for any sort of success. So mm-hmm. I can definitely see that. A uh, couple other ones that I have on here, I'll just run through them quickly, see if anything jumps out to you. Comeback player of the year. I, I'm really loving this one this year. I got Robert R- Robert Woods plus five thousand. Wow, Tennessee. Wow. Who else do they have at receiver? Yeah, that, that's he's going to be number one. It, him and Traylon Burks. I I think yeah. there's a good chance. Look, Woods does everything on the field. And I think he'll be rewarded for it. Also, devastating knee injury. I think he's going to have a good storyline going to Tennessee. Uh, so he's interesting. Did, did he already have that storyline though? He's torn his ACL before, right? Did he tear yeah. it in Buffalo or before he got to Buffalo? Yeah, but he gets again. He's torn. He's torn twice. Uh, <laughs> Juju plus twenty five hundred, just because I think he could absolutely smash in that Kansas City offense if he has a season like he had two thousand what eighteen nineteen when yeah. he had the year with AB where he had over hundred catches and like thirteen hundred yards. If he had a season like that, plus twenty five hundred, interesting. Uh, Homer pick Mariota if he has a great season in Atlanta, plus twelve hundred. But the one that I really want, my favorite, is you Alan actually Robinson. bet on Marcus Mariota to win. No, I haven't. I haven't yet, but I might. Okay, can I just? Yeah, all right. Well, you're gonna. You're. Which one stood out to me? Just don't bet that one. But I, okay. I get the homerness. I get it. Fair enough. My favorite one on the board is Allen Robinson plus two thousand. I think he's gonna have a monster year for the Rams, especially Odell. Even if he comes back as a back till mid November, we've yeah. seen what this Rams offense can do. If Allen Robinson and he was so beyond atrocious last year, I I, I think, think he just gave up. He's just maybe. like oh, I'm good. Like I don't like I got a guy that that's not really that accurate. Plus an offense that doesn't really suit my needs. Like just give me a quarterback. You saw what I did with Blake Bortles. Like give me a quarterback. Guess what? Now you got Matt Stafford and Sean McVay. I think that a Robin plus two thousand could be a monster season. Usually this is a quarterback award and a quarterback coming off injury. So, which is why Jameis Winston is the favorite, but there's yeah. not a whole lot of options out there. Like the quarterback options are Mitch Trubisky, Mariota. It's Drew Locke. It's not great out there. You're not talking about last year. It was very clear because you had Dak and Joe Burrow coming yeah. off of injury. If one of those two had a great season, obviously they were going to win comeback player of the year. They both had good seasons. Joe's was just better and he won. Like, right. so you don't really have that this year. The, the value on that would probably be from the running backs. You know, Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, those Alvin Kamara, although right. suspension. Yeah, so I don't know his, how that works. Yeah, his, his outlook looks a little murky too. So, if but those running backs, I don't trust. Like Christian McCaffrey is going to miss at least five games this year. I'll call it right now, at least. Derrick uh, Henry, I, mean, I don't. They, but they did say that they were going to be scaling back his workload a little bit. I mean, I don't know how much we can believe it, right? I have a hand gesture. I have a hand gesture for that that I can't really put on camera, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but then there's Derrick Henry. I mean, I think everyone, you know, in fantasy land thinks that he's over the hill and you know he can't come back from a list, Frank. But I don't know. I mean, this this offense, you get rid of AJ Brown. To me, that's just a signal you're just going to feed him the rock again. And they didn't really do much to, to bolster the backfield behind him. Um, they signed Haskins in, in free agency – or, sorry, in, in the draft, and then they still have Don, Dontrell Hilliard there. So, I don't know. I don't – I see the value in, in going for the running backs. I think Robert Woods is interesting. I just don't think Tannehill is a quarterback that's going to get him there stats-wise. Yep. Um, Allen Robinson is interesting to me, though. And he has the longest odds out of everybody you said, right? No, uh, plus 2,000. Woods was plus 5,000. Okay. So, yeah, I probably like the value on Allen Robinson the most because he his value just absolutely tanked. And I think with the 
offense that he's going into, he should demand, you know, north of like a 28% target share yeah. out the gate. So if he, if he gets the volume, like he's going to get that for sure. All right. Offensive rookie of the year. I'll go through these quickly. Uh, Jalen Tolbert, I talked about plus 1600. I love that. I, think I, love, I like that too. He, he smashes. And the one way down the board, uh, Tyler Algier, the running back from BYU, who's in Atlanta. Yep. So he basically only has uh, Patterson in his way, who's going to be split between wide receiver and running back. If he turns into a three down back in Atlanta and rushes for, let's say, a thousand yards somehow, he could easily win this. And at plus 5,000, he's one of the biggest odds on the board right now. I, I just think that down the board that much, he's the only one that has a clear path to playing time that far down that I think that could realistically be a three down back in the NFL. Uh, so, yes, I agree. I, I, I don't want to downplay the fact that they did sign Damian Williams. And I don't know, Damian Williams. I lo- no one loves Damian Williams more than me, but yeah, it, we're, we're over it. It's just a matter of time as, as to when he's going to get acclimated into the offense. Now, I will say that I think that he's probably of the running backs that were selected this year outside of like Brees Hall and and um, and and Ken Walker, the third. Yeah, he's probably number three to me in terms of getting immediate playing time, assuming Cordero Patterson doesn't do what he did last season. And, yeah. you know, their their wide receiver room is not very deep. So I think that Cordero Pass is probably going to need to play wide receiver again a little bit more. Um, Drake London. I don't know how he's going to be as a rookie wide receiver, but I think it's going to take some time for him to get acclimated to the offense. Kyle Pitts is probably the only guy I really want to own or roster from a fantasy perspective. But Tyler Algier, I think, makes a lot of sense as the season wears on. He could definitely pound those stats, um, especially if they turn to Desmond Ritter, too. And then that, would, that wouldn't really help your Mariota comeback player of the year thing. But uh, they drafted him for a reason, so I'm assuming they're going to give him some time to give him a look at some point. Because I don't project the Falcons are going to be very good. But that division also sucks. So who knows? The other guy I would look out for is Rashad White. If Lenny Fournette goes down, I think yeah. he could be the dude that kind of takes over a third down role uh, for the for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Interesting. I have to go look at those odds. All right. Uh, I'm going to run through the rest of the ones that I have on the list. And then I'll finish up with my Arizona. I, I have a parlay on this. You have one. a hot take? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, Baltimore to make the playoffs minus one thirty over nine and a half. I love both those. I like think they're that. Locked. Dallas under ten and a half minus one twenty five. Obviously, like we it. talked about the Cowboys fading them. Jacksonville over six and a half plus one hundred five. Division sucks. I'm over it. Yep. Doug Peterson is a professional coach. Trevor Lawrence is going to be much improved. Anything's better than Urban Meyer. I think seven wins is well within reason for the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. Minnesota over eight and a half. We talked about that. Love it. New Orleans over eight and a half, maybe. I need to know more about the Camara suspension when Michael Thomas is coming back and what Jameis Winston's rehab is like. But that division kind of stinks. They might be able to sneak out a couple of easy ones. Uh, and you that should defense, be probably if you think that New Orleans is going over, you should probably sprinkle that Jameis Winston comeback player of the year. The problem is he's the favorite. It's like plus four hundred. So yeah, I don't, like I'm not really yeah, not not the best. There. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pitt Pittsburgh over seven and a half. Some of this has to do with the Browns are going to miss Deshaun for the year, most likely. The other part of this is their defense is really good, and they travel the least amount of miles in the NFL. They don't travel outside of the Eastern time zone. I think that's going to be hugely valuable. They can still have a losing record, which, by the way, Mike Tomlin has never done his entire career. So 8-9 still gets me the over here. That's kind of why I like it. I'm just betting on Tomlin here. And then Tampa Bay under 11.5 wins. I know we just talked about their division stinks, but – this roster went from really, really good to over the hill really quickly. That wide yeah. receiver room is really a disaster at this point. The odds, offensive line, you know, outside of the left outside tackle, Tristan works, works. Yeah, yeah, is really, really bad. The defense got a little bit older. I, they changed coaches. 
Like, damn, it, it sounds like you're signaling Tom Brady's about to retire at the end of this year. <laughs> they could still go 11 and six, and they just can't go 12 and five. 11 and six wins the division for them. So I, I just yeah. think the under there is a good one. And then I'll go back to Arizona here. I think this is the year that it all collapses for Arizona. It's already kind of starting. First coach fired, Cliff Kingsbury, plus 1,200. <laughs> Arizona misses the playoffs, minus 115. Under nine and a half wins, minus 165. Lock it in. <laughs> I mean, they're still out. D-hop, James Conner, not the most healthiest running back ever. He had a great season last year, but Kyler seems locked in, but he still doesn't have that contract yet. So I don't know. He could still... uh we could still make some noise here by midseason. That would really bring everything off the rails. So Let, we'll let's that. just remember, let's just remember that the Arizona Cardinals are the team that starts five and zero, six and zero every year, and then they Always. collapse. This is this is what Cliff Kingsbury does. Now so you don't have start like shit. <laughs> you continue to play like shit. <laughs> Thank you. They don't have D Hop for the first six weeks of the season. That that defense still has big time issues. Kyler still doesn't have his contract. You're going to count on Butterfingers, Marquise Brown. Okay, good luck. Zach Ertz is 39 years old. He has two broken knees. What are you expecting from me? I'm fading the shit out of the Arizona Cardinals here. That's the final say on the show. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I, I'm all for fading Cliff Kingsbury. So, yeah, let, let's ride. All right, man. Uh, we'll talk next week with more NBA free agency stuff. We'll do an emergency pod whenever KD gets traded, all right? Yeah. Whatever. All right, man. Sounds good. Talk to you. Guys.